the smoke of hope bellowed from a Zoom call at Pataudry yesterday following the extensive interview process, which has seen as a point former player Stephen Glass in the management post at Aberdeen in a not unexpected move. Stephen joins the Dons after having been interim head coach of Atlanta United in the MLS following the departure of Frank de Boer and latterly head coach of Atlanta United too. In the unsurprising announcement yesterday, Stephen and Dave Cormack spoke to Mal on the news. Very warm welcome to you, Aberdeen Football Club manager. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Uh, proud that the club have chosen to, to appoint me and give me the opportunity. Uh, and just assure everybody that I'll work as hard as I possibly can to make it a success. Stephen, when did you actually find out? When did you hear the news? Last night. The, the chairman called me. I believe it was a board meeting yesterday. So been struggling to sleep since the news that obviously the previous manager parted ways with the club and you're, you're hoping... You might get an interview and then get an interview and then what happens after that. So it's been a lot of sleepless nights hoping that you're going to get that call, but you just never know. So it's when that call comes, I thought I'll get a good sleep last night, but that never happened either because you start thinking about what's next and that's where it is. So hopefully somewhere down the line, I'll start getting a nice sleep again. But Stephen, I know part of your family are big Aberdeen fans. I imagine they were very pleased. Um, did you have to try to keep the announcement from them or...? To keep it quiet, or when did you tell them? Well, with the time difference, I didn't have to keep it quiet from them. So they, they knew there was a chance, they knew I'd interviewed, but they were the same as me, I think. They've been hoping that I get the chance to come home. And obviously, late here last night, get told. So text my parents and stuff, catch up with, with some of the family last night because they, I think they were waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. So I thought they might still be up because they're not sleeping anyway. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but they'll, they'll see, a lot of them will see the news online and wake the text this morning. So that was it. So not keeping it from anyone because I never knew, which is obviously, it's, it's easy to keep it for people when you don't know. Stephen, we'll, we'll come on to management and coaching in a minute. Um, but of course, you played at Aberdeen for four seasons in the mid-90s. Some, some real re- memorable moments in there. I mean, what are your memories of your, your time at Pataudry? Uh, a lot of good memories. Starting as early as coming in at 12, 13, coming in for weeks during the holidays, the school holidays, coming up on a bus full of guys from Dundee, Glasgow, the West Coast, and dreaming of becoming a professional. So making a debut, playing in a team that won a cup, uh, obviously the reason I got in the team the team wasn't doing so well at the time we ended up managing to not get relegated that year which was a success at the time but success at the club at Aberdeen means putting trophies in the cabinet and I was I was fortunate to be in a team that, that did that so probably the biggest memory is winning a trophy for the club uh, and serving the club well during my time so looking forward to doing the same again and just look, Stephen, just looking back at your, your career more generally you obviously went down to England had some, some good highlights there as well I mean played at some big clubs 
as well about Watford and Newcastle. Yeah, uh, played it, played for some really good clubs, really good people. Uh, obviously, Newcastle was an enormous club when I moved on to Watford from there. But FA Cup final, probably the highlight at Newcastle. Uh, just some individual big games at Watford, some good times. Met some amazing coaches and people, and throughout it, the same thing. Just it's, my career's kind of been underpinned by what I learned at Aberdeen and the grounding that I got there. And I think if I can play a part in putting that into the next generation of young players, supporters, then I, I will have done my job when my time's up at Aberdeen. Once you finished playing, were you always destined to go into coaching? I think so. I think so. Like probably 27, 28, I started thinking about it. Uh, Tony Mowbray came in at Hibs, made me really start thinking about the game a little bit deeper. So that that was probably the starting point, started thinking about doing my badges, my licences. So finished those, got my pro licence in 2014, made me 37, I think, 38, something like that, 36. Maths is not the best, but uh, yeah, so fairly young to be fully qualified. So I was thinking about it, but, and then when I think back, I was, I was always a, a player that had an opinion, uh, not, not crazily vocal, but I had an opinion. I would speak to managers and coaches and take a little bit of note of what was going on. And I think with the career I've had and the people I've played for, I've had a great chance to take in a lot of different styles and, and knowledge and I think I've managed to tap into a lot of that and hopefully I'm a more rounded coach and manager for it. We'll come on to your, your management style in a minute, but just tell us a wee bit about your, your time in the United States. I mean, you're saying there, Stephen, you've been there for 10 years, which is, is quite a long time. And how did you land up at uh, Atlanta and just how much you've enjoyed it over there? I ended up at Atlanta. I was coaching, coaching on the youth side in North Carolina. So there's a lot of management and youth uh, coaching, like a lot of hands-on hours, which... I went a different route, so people don't almost see what you're doing in America, but the amount of hours and games that I've coached over here, it really adds up. And I, I, I thought it was the best way to learn because uh, I had the year in Ireland. I knew I wasn't ready. Uh, and I, I'm fortunate I didn't get the chance when I was younger. And I just think I'm, I'm better prepared for my time in the States. Uh, so I ended up at Atlanta through the academy. Tony Annan uh, brought me into the academy, started learning, really learning again about professional things and what it means to be a professional club again. Qu- fairly quickly progressed through the ranks, coaching the 17s, coaching the second team, fortunate enough to get an opportunity with the first team in interim charge last year, uh, handling big players, players that were spent for, I'm uh, sorry, sold for quite a bit of money as well. We sold one for 20 million during the time that I was coaching the first team. So the level of players that we're handling with the first team and even with the second team and promoting players is something that I've, I've learned a lot Atlanta has been great for me. The people are amazing. And it's not a surprise that the clubs are linked as well when you see the, the ethos and how the, the clubs go about their business. But Stephen, after 10 years, I mean, you've obviously got a lot of friends over there. Your family has settled. So it's a big decision for you, isn't it? But I think it says a lot about your commitment you're making by, by coming over here. I think it's, it says, you know, when a, a club like Aberdeen is, is open and you get the opportunity to put your name forward and interview it's something I wanted to do. And I, I wouldn't come home for something that I didn't know I could make a success. So I'm leaving behind, I think I'm leaving behind an opportunity to work at the best club in the United States. And the United States being probably the size of Europe. So if you think about the size of the club and the size of the country, it's quite a big thing. So it's, it had to be right. The club's right. The people I'm going to work for and with are right. There's a great existing staff. There are great young players. I think there's the potential for the team to do really, really well. And I'm looking forward to 
putting a bit of my stamp along with the rest of the staff on it and the people that are there. So opportunity is enormous. The, I think the, the trust that people are putting in me is big, but I, I believe that I'll repay it. And the, the people that I'm hoping to get on board, they want to do the same thing, and there's a reason for that. Okay, Stephen, you're obviously in Atlanta, and I'm in Aberdeen. When, yeah. when do we expect to see you over here? When, when do we expect to see you in the dugout? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the the first game of the split is my hope. Obviously, there's quarantine rules and health things going on at the moment, so obviously we need to be very, very respectful of that. But it's as soon as I can, I will be. I'll be over there. I'm going to be speaking to the staff in the meantime. I'm going to catch up with the players in the meantime. But it's important as well that I think Paul's going to be able to take care of things his way at the moment. And it's not through interference. It's not through anything else. I think he's got to... He's been doing it so far. And I think earning the right, he's done that at the club so far. So I think he's going to be able to take this on board until we get in there and we can work together. But I'm sure, Stephen, there's still plenty of work for you to to be getting on with. Yeah, I think uh, there's... Obviously, we know exactly... The, the other than the cup, we know exactly what the opponents are coming up. So that narrows it really down. So I've been I've had my eye on a lot of the Scottish games anyway. I watch plenty of games. I watch the Scottish. I watch the English. So it's uh, my homework's kind of done already. But now that I know what's coming, I can really start digging into it and looking at the the the, the games within the splits, which are massively important, and then also the cup games because we know that we know the prize that's at the end of that. But it's, uh, there's a lot of hard work coming up, a lot of time, a lot of hours to be put in, but that's that's the aim and that's what we have. And obviously there is a, a fairly major rebuilding job done needed during the summer. There's a lot of guys out of contract. So just how important is it the fact you've taken over before the end of the season so you've got the opportunity to maybe assess the squad and look at potential targets? Yeah, I think it's good because I think, the, obviously, the, the future is the future, but like right now we can go in and I think... I think I can come in and affect it pretty quickly. Uh, I think I'll enjoy working with the staff that's existing. So we'll be able to see how we, each other works, get a feel for it, be, hopefully be successful through the end of the season and then really build into pre-season knowing exactly what we've got in our hands. So I'll get a feel for the players. There's a lot of players, like you say, out of contract. Some really big games coming up and it's there's no decisions made at the moment. So there's you're looking at players for next year from out with, but there are really, some really good players in there at the moment, some really good young players. And I know Paul blooded a couple again at the weekend and to me the future looks bright uh, along with the young players allied to the experienced ones that are there as well Stephen how many games have you been able to watch have you watched many of them on Red TV yeah I watch them all I watch them all I've actually went back watched the ones I've missed because obviously I had an interest started sparking up again when I was home at Christmases and things I would come and watch but obviously I wasn't home last year because of the because of the, the coronavirus but when John Gallagher went over, I started really watching the team again and it became a habit. Then there was no games over here. So I started being able to watch the games pretty religiously. So I've watched, I think I've watched every game this season. Uh, I'll, I'll certainly go back through and pick through them. But again, I think it's important what the future holds. So I think looking at the opponents, starting to plan the training, starting to plan what's, what's coming up rather than looking back is probably going to be the most important thing. And Stephen, just on to you as a manager. I mean, what, what are your strengths as a manager? I think I've got a good man management style. Uh, players, players respond. Uh, I've got a good, I believe I've got a good teaching style that players improve. Uh, George Bello was one here that was, he was a left back. He's 18, 19 years old. I think he played four times for the first team when we took over. 
But we actually played them in every game bar one with the first team. And then subsequently became an international just in January there. So I've got the ability to, along with the staff, improve the young players. Senior players have been pretty responsive as well. And I just think the amount of people and the, the players I've played with, the coaches I've played under, I've had so much of a good grounding that I'm taking bits from all of them. And I, I don't particularly base myself on any one individual, but there's there's so much knowledge that I've had access to that if I didn't go in there with my eyes open, I've got a problem. So I think I'm a, I'm a pretty rounded coach and I'm looking forward to putting a, a real stamp on the team at Aberdeen and, and playing a big part in the success of what's going to come up. And Steve, you mentioned, I mean, you've played with obviously big names and you've also uh, been coached by some very big names as well. Managers, I mean, Kenny Dalglish, Sir Bobby Robson, Ruth Hewlett, uh, Ray Alley. I mean, have you taken, has one of them been a big influence on your managerial career or, or your managerial style or have you taken something from all of them? I've definitely taken something from all of them. Uh, I would say that good, good and bad. So any that you even you maybe deliberately didn't mention, I would take some from them as well. So <laughs> yeah, so you you take from the good and your and the bad. But in terms of coaching and a philosophy, if you like, and a structure, Tony Mowbray was incredible when he first came in at Hibs, and he was in a similar position. He had been an interim manager, he had been a second team coach, but he'd been at great clubs during his career. And I think the stamp that he came into Hibernian, he had. I was one of the senior players, so I'll big myself up. He had good senior players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, a, there was a crop of young players that was nurtured and was pushed and produced. And there was players sold. There was success at the club. There was a playing style that people wanted to come and watch. Season ticket sales went through the roof. So that sort of thing sort of inspired me to become a coach. And hopefully I can replicate a good bit of that at Aberdeen and, and possibly even more. Okay, so what style of football can the Aberdeen fans expect to see? I think that the thing I want to put on the pitch is an attack and style. Uh, it's it's honestly it's nothing new for people at Aberdeen when I came into the club. That is what was expected as a player. I came in as a really young kid and I'd seen managers do it. Uh, obviously, Sir Alex Ferguson's team did things that people are talking about now as almost like a new wave. But he was doing it in the eighties. Alex Smith was doing it in the 80s so I think attacking try to win games every week when you go to Glasgow it's you're going to win I think if you can put an Aberdeen team on the pitch that people believe in that I think people will come and they'll watch and they'll believe in what's going to happen and that's the that's the aim fast attacking football scoring goals hopefully as well and it's it's a there's a huge incentive to do well Stephen I know from speaking to other people about you you're a winner how much does winning come from someone's mentality? Um, I mean, is it something players are born with or is it something as a coach you can you know, help players with? I think it's something that can be pushed. I think it's an environment that you put people in. You make it competitive every day. I think it's important that the training is driven. And I think uh, that the players and the senior players that we're going to have around are going to really drive things. So if there's any young players in there, I think the mentality, I think it's in there already, but you either want to be the best or you don't. And I think there, there's enough people around Aberdeen that want to be the best. And I think we can, the staff that are there and what we can add, we can really push things, hopefully to another level that's it's not been around the club for a while. It's been successful here and there. Uh, we're looking for a sustained period of success, try to get to that next level in Europe. Successful Aberdeen managers put trophies in the cabinet and hopefully I'm there long enough and that I can be one of those managers that does that. 
You mentioned the younger players, Stephen, but I was interested, I read an interview you did for the, the programme a few seasons back, and you talked about when you were coming through the, the ranks at Bataudry, and you said you had a lot of good senior professionals in the dressing room. I think you named Stuart McKemmy, Paul Kane, you know, guys that really helped you, protected you. I mean, how important is it going to be for you, obviously the young boys, but also getting the right senior pros in to help them? I think it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to quantify how much that can help, because I think... If you get the right senior players at a club, they, they drive everything for you. They look after the mentality of the young ones. They drive the demands in training. On the pitch, if you've got a real leader in amongst the, the younger ones and even the older ones that have maybe not felt that success and maybe not had that belief, it's you can, you can notch things up a little bit more than what you've got. And I think it's senior players are really, really important. And I think the young players will respond to good senior players. So hopefully the ones that are there already will step up. I'm sure they will. Any that we can add in will really add to the group and we'll, we'll add the right types if we think they'll add to the group. And I'm, I'm sure that we, they will. Well, Stephen, the, the conversations you've had with the chairman, um, and obviously I appreciate some of that's confidential, but I mean, what is he expecting from you? And also, more importantly, what are you expecting from him? I think I'm, from my side, I'm expecting the backing, the every manager at Aberdeen gets from a chairman. I think from Mr. Donald when I was there as a young player, then Ian Donald, Stuart Milne, good chairman that have backed the manager. So I think that's what I'll be looking for. Uh, in terms of what he wants from me, I think it's out there. I think he, he's looking for the club to be successful, which means being high, high up the league as possible, filling the stadium when it's possible, when people are allowed back in, that people want to come and watch your team. Uh, and bringing trophies next stage in Europe and again it's it's a time uh, what would you say it's it's something that takes time it's not instant but I think I'll change things as quick as I can uh, and with the backing of not just the chairman but the supporters and the rest of the staff I've got no doubt that the people that are going to come along are going to make this club a success and, and continue the success and, and really build a legacy at that club. And Stephen, you mentioned winning trophies, obviously, at the League Cup in, in 95, which is there's pictures in the boardroom round about here. Uh, but you understand what it means to the fans, but also to the city winning a trophy, don't you? And, and obviously to do it as a player and a manager would be very special for you. Yeah, and that's, that's a, an individual thing. And I'm, honestly, I'm not interested in the individual part, but I don't know if there's been a manager that's, that's been a player and a manager at Aberdeen and won a trophy. But for me, it's important that the city's got a team to be proud of. And I've seen the pictures when Derek and Tony's team brought back a trophy and the place was full. We were, when we did it, it was pouring rain the day that we brought it back. So it wasn't as busy. So it'd be, it would be amazing to have that opportunity to do it. I know what it means to the city. I know what the city wants from their team. And there's an Aberdeen way of doing things. And I want to play a part in, in bringing that back and, and really embracing it. Well, Stephen, we really do appreciate your time. Just, I mean, finally, what message would you would you have for the, the Aberdeen fans watching this? Hey, I'm I'm proud to be back. I'm proud to be the manager of the club, uh, and I will, with the staff, I work tirelessly to make it a success. Uh, that's really it. I would, uh, the backing would be fantastic, and I'm hoping that over the next coming weeks, you're going to see a team on the pitch that you will want to come and watch next year. That you're going to have a belief that with the additions over the summer, new staff coming in, existing staff feeling really embraced, that there's a bright future for Aberdeen and that we can all be a part of it. 
Well, Stephen, on behalf of myself and all the staff at Batory, we wish you all the very best. Thanks very much, Mom. Thank you. And look forward to seeing you soon as well. <laughs> yep. afternoon to you. And to you, Mal. An historic day for Aberdeen Football Club as we appoint our, our 24th permanent manager. Um, and in doing so, we welcome Stephen Glass back to Petordre. We'll, we'll come on to Stephen in a minute, but just firstly, um, since we last spoke, can you tell us a, a little bit about what happened during the process and the, the discussions you had with the board that led to this decision? Sure, of course. Well, um been a busy week. Um, since we met at the beginning of last week and um, did the update, um, we um, uh, basically um, went through all of the resumes, um, the applications, and we approached one or two people as well. Um, went through that. We basically um, took it from a long list to, um, let's say, a, a short list. And we had applications from experienced managers um, across the board, we also had applications from what I would call emerging talent, whether that be someone that is, uh, you know, a, a first team coach um, at, um, at, for example, under twenty three level, um, or an assistant coach at um, um, at a top club who is ready uh, to move move on to, to to the next role. And when we took our strategy and our philosophy and our vision that we've defined in May of 2019 um, that the fans are aware of, when we look at that, then it was very clear that the candidates that fit our profile were the emerging talent. And so um, what we did was, at that stage, we then filtered down um, a number of these candidates um, for kind of deeper um, interviews and follow-ups, and we concluded that on... Uh, Sunday, um, Sunday night, we had a board meeting last night, and um, and made um, the decision. And Dave, as we said before, it's such a big decision. But why do you think Stephen Glass is the right man to take Aberdeen forward? Well, um, Stephen, and um, one of the things about being in the states is out of sight, out of mind, you know, in in, in a number of ways, and. And when we look at emerging talent, and I'll come on to Stephen, then um, if you think about um, Scotland and England, we seem to have an aversion to emerging talent, and we go with um, you know the the merry-go-round of experienced managers. And you know, for us as a board, with our strategy and our philosophy, then um, we again said felt that emerging talent was important. So, for example. Uh, the most recent example of emerging talent is Steven Gerrard from the under-23s at Liverpool. 
you know, and 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 look at that their season, look at how they're playing. Um, and other examples are Pep Guardiola. He was coaching younger teams, you know, um, in uh, younger teams um, before he got the Barcelona role, but and he earned his Spurs. And similarly with Zinedine Zidane. So outside of Scotland and England, Germany, all over Europe, South America and the Americas, this emerging talent um, is, 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 is absolutely the way forward. Um, you've got uh, Jesse Marsh, you know, at Leipzig. Um, you know, he was um, an assistant coach at a university in the States just a few years ago, kind of came through the ranks, and now he's seen as one of the uh, preeminent managers um, at the top level in, in, um, in Europe. So with that being said, when we look at that emerging talent, the people that we interviewed, Stephen by far ticked all the boxes. I mean, for example, he knows the Aberdeen way. He was mentored by and, and taught by Teddy Scott, Alex Smith, um, Willie Miller. You know, and so you put that together with the experience that Stephen has gained, then we felt that was that was the um, was the um, um, a key rationale behind appointing Stephen. Let me just talk about the states, for example. So when people say he's coaching Atlanta United too, Atlanta United too play in the league below, and it's its own league below the MLS. There's no promotion relegation. In effect, it's like playing in the Scottish Championship. And my view, Bobby Clark's view and others would be that most of the championship teams in Scotland would struggle in that league. It's a very competitive league. And in that league where it's full-time and and men, there are a number of teams like Atlanta United 2 that effectively play under 23 teams. So the goal of that team isn't necessarily results. It's bringing through talent. And so when Stephen moved on to coach the Atlanta United MLS team last season when they parted company, you know, with uh, Frank DeBoer, then Stephen brought through guys like George Bellow, you know, who's gone from an academy with Stephen to the USL team to MLS, played almost every game when Stephen became interim coach, and he's now a U.S. international. He also coached top talent like Pedro Martinez, who not long after Stephen took over on the interim basis actually was sold for $20 million to um, a Middle Eastern uh, team. And so you know, when you look at these things in context and you look at where Stephen has come through, um, and he's been a fully qualified pro-licensed coach in 2014, he has earned his spurs. And again, you know, most people, I would imagine, are thinking he's coming from the States. Uh, what's that background? So he has absolutely not just got the coaching experience, but the leadership skills and the drive um, to, to take on the Aberdeen job and to be successful. He's giving up a career in the States with the top team in MLS with the facilities that they've got. Um, but he's excited about coming here. And, um, you know, the other thing we kind of talked about earlier before, before we came on here, Mal, was the fact that I know Stephen. I've got to know him over two years. Most people think, well, maybe that's how he got the job. Absolutely not. People that know me 
we want to be successful. The last thing I'm going to do is appoint in the board, appoint a manager we don't believe can take us forward. And um, I have that with all my businesses. My expectations of myself and everyone, including Stephen, are going to be extremely high. The benefit of knowing Stephen is that I've got to know him and his personality, you know, um, over the last couple of years. When you're interviewing other people, you might get one or two hours to make a decision. So we're getting an Aberdeen guy who knows the Aberdeen way, who's committed to being successful with the club. Dave, you said that you know his personality. Just tell the fans to me, what is Stephen like as a person? Well, the best, he's a humble guy. He's absolutely clear uh, on um, what he wants to achieve and the style of football he wants to play, which matches our philosophy. Um, The best example I can give you is that Atlanta United were going through a terrible time when they parted company with Frank DeBoer. And Stephen um, could have declined to take the job on on an interim basis because there were no designated players. There's a wage cap in the States, right? The designated players, if you don't have any designated players playing in your team or available, the chances are you're bottom of the league, right? Stephen had to contend with um, Joseph Martinez, the top striker in MLS, being out for the whole season. And he had to then had the designated players out for over 50% of his games. You go th- yet, you go through that process and you ask the players like Brad Guzan, the captain, the players um, embraced him immediately and stayed with him through the whole season, right? Um, and he could have gone to press conferences and said, I don't have this player, I don't have that player. Zero excuses. He's a club man. He took it on and um, and and dealt with that. And so these are examples of, of how Stephen is, you know, as a person. And at the end of the season, from the beginning of the season and the Champions League um, for CONCACAF, they were 3-0 down when Frank De Boer had the team against Club America, a top, top team, right, in Mexico. At the end of the season, a month after the season finished, one month after it finished, then he had to bring the players back to play that second leg 3-0 down. The players stayed with him. He brought some young players through from the USL team. I think four of them made their debut and one of them scored the winner. They won that game and it could have been two or three. And so that's the type of person Stephen is. Um, A lot of people may remember him as a, a quiet young player at Aberdeen, but 30 years on... He is a strong communicator, a strong leader, a strong advocate for the style of football we want to play, and he's a winner. From the discussions you've had over the past few days, Dave, with with Stephen, um, I mean, what have you said to him and what are your expectations? Yeah, so the the conversations that we've had with Stephen uh, on the role, and not just myself, other board members as well, the conversations that we've had have been around, um, you know, um, assessing what we have and, and where we need to focus. And listen, it's, it doesn't take a rocket science to, to work out that the transitioning into the attacking side of the field and scoring goals is a major problem for us, right? And so he's well aware of the team and the players. 
Um, the players are out of contract this summer. Well, Dave, you mentioned the young players, but obviously to help them, we need to bring in some new faces. Um, there's obviously been a lot of guys out of contract in the summer. Will the manager be supported financially? Absolutely. Well, the fact that we've got a number of players out of contract in the summer, which we didn't have last year, right? And um, yet we still brought other players in in the window last summer. But yes, Stephen's going to be supported um, and he'll work clearly with, with Stephen Gunn, our, our director of football operations, and um, and the team uh, and, and the guys that are there um, in, in the coaching staff. So, but yes... The bottom line is is that Steve will Stephen will absolutely be supported uh, this summer, and he'll be able to recruit the players that he feels are necessary to bring in. But at the same time, he wants to take a really good look at the emerging young players that we have. So, Dave, I mean, you're saying the wheels are now firmly in motion to get things right for next season, and obviously Stephen's a big part of the, the jigsaw, but I take it there will be other announcements to follow as well. Yes, well, I think it's important to get, as soon as we got the decision and the board unanimously supported it last night to, to, to offer Stephen the job, um, you know, it, he was not offered the job until after our board meeting last night when I spoke with him, you know. And so um, the wheels are in motion, but it's really going to be Stephen's call to uh, make these decisions on his support staff, so on and so forth. So rather than me um, kind of steal his thunder, then let's get Stephen kind of in place. And once he's in place, you know, he can make the announcements on as they come on the additions he kind of wants um, to bring in. Okay, just finally, Dave, I mean, one thing that's been very obvious from these interviews we've done over the past year now, um, you have a very, very clear vision of where you see, where you want Aberdeen to go. I mean, just how excited are you about what lies ahead? And, and just, you know, I mean, finally, a message for the Aberdeen fans. Well, the message to myself as an Aberdeen fan and to, to all the fans and our stakeholders is that I feel the weight of responsibility as as chairman of the club. And I was talking to Stuart Milne about yesterday. You have no idea what it's like to be chairman of Aberdeen Football Club until you become chairman of Aberdeen Football Club um, and the weight of responsibility. But I thrive in situations like that. We announced a clear strategy on and off the field for the club in May of 2019. Again, I, I repeat the term, we may be wrong, but we won't be confused. We have done behind the scenes, because of COVID, so much off the field to get ready for we get when we get crowds back. We've got the new stadium venture now being driven by the council uh, at the beach area, which we're clearly looking at um, with the council as well. And so um, these are really exciting things you know, for the club um, on the team side, because at the end of the day, it's about the team getting out there and entertaining and winning games. And so the strategy we've got is clear. The role description we had for the new manager um, was that that really lent itself, as I said earlier, to emerging talent like Stephen. And, um, you know, this too shall pass with respect to 
not scoring goals. And um, all I would ask of the Aberdeen fans, as I continue to do, is to trust me and trust the board that we feel this is the right appointment for Aberdeen. Um, Even, as I said uh, earlier with Stephen being out of sight, out of mind, let's not underestimate the quality of soccer, football in the United States. Uh, There's significant talent being developed there and coming out of there, both as players and also from a coaching perspective uh, as well. So I'm really excited for the rest of this season. Yes, we're we're behind Hibs and that's going to be tough, but we've not given up. And we've got the Scottish Cup to play for. And you will see some announcements in the next few weeks, I believe, of players that will come to Aberdeen as well that will add real value to our squad. So let me just leave it there. Dave, as always, thanks for your time. Just fine. I mean, I do enjoy these chats over Zoom, but are you going to be over to see us at any point? I'm planning, and I'm, I'm not going to talk too loud because I'm going to way upstairs to talk to Fiona. I'm planning to, to, to get back to Aberdeen for about mid-April um, so I can take in a few games and hopefully a long run and a Scottish Cup win. <laughs> Dave, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for your time. Cheers, Mal. Well, before I go, a quick update with other news. Following the Scottish Cup second round matches last night, we will face Dumbarton away in the third round on Saturday, the 3rd of April, for a 12.15pm kickoff, which will be shown live on BBC One Scotland. Lewis Ferguson's yellow card for diving in a weekend defeat by Dundee United has been rescinded on appeal. Lewis went down after 44 minutes following a challenge by Callum Butcher, but ref Greg Aitken ruled it as an act of simulation. The appeal was considered at a fast-track tribunal today. Scotland has three FIFA World Cup qualifiers coming up, starting with our home match against Austria tomorrow night. Kickoff is at 7.45pm at Hampden, followed by an away match against Israel on Sunday, also at 7.45pm, followed by a home match against the Faroe Islands next Wednesday in Glasgow. Kickoff again is at 745 All matches will be shown live on Sky Sports. The Scottish Cup third round fixtures have now been confirmed. So starting on Friday the 2nd of April with the televised fixture between Ross County and Cali Thistle on the BBC Scotland channel. That kicks off at 7.35pm. Then the following games will likely be played on Saturday, but they're still to be confirmed. It's Air United versus Clyde. Stranraer is away to Broda Rangers. Dundee United versus Partick Thistle. It's Dundee versus St Johnston. East Fife versus Greenock Morton. Forfar Athletic versus Edinburgh City. Motherwell are away to Formartin United. It's Fraserburgh versus Montrose. Hamilton Ackies versus St Mirren. Livingston versus Wraith Rovers. And Stenhouse Muir versus Kilmarnock. Plus a confirmed televised match on Saturday between Celtic and Falkirk live on Premier Sports at 7.30pm. And on Sunday the 4th of April, it's Rangers versus Cove Rangers for the 6.30pm kickoff on Premier Sports. And on Monday the 5th of April, it's Queen of the South versus Hibs for the 7.35pm kickoff live on the BBC Scotland channel. League action will return on the weekend of the 10th of April for our match against St Johnston at McDermott Park. Kickoff is at 3pm. And I'll be back on Tuesday the 6th of April following our Scottish Cup match against Dumbarton. Till then, have a great Easter and I'll see you back here for the run-in. Stand free.
your phone, on your tablet, and online. This, this is the AFC Dons cast from the Inverness Reds.